Welcome to the Roman Arena Podcast, created by the students of Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Here, we discuss various issues and events, plus interview those of influence. It's all from the perspective of the Roman students. Now, sit back and enjoy the Roman Arena Podcast. Welcome to the Roman Arena Podcast. My name is Michael Gudredis. And I am Jason Trong. And on today's episode, I am proud to introduce the new superintendent of secondary schools and schools of special education for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, Dr. Brooke Deshay. Hello, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for joining us. So, Doctor, I just want to start with something easy. What brought you to Philadelphia? What brought me to Philadelphia was an opportunity to serve the greater Catholic schools. And it was actually through a recruiting agency that reached out to me based on my experience and asked if I was interested in applying. And through some discernment with my spiritual director, I was invited to the interview process and was completely inspired and so excited when I met everyone. And I was blessed with the opportunity for the offer and graciously accepted. That's great. So I want to start with some questions about your background. So I know that before your job and role as superintendent, you were actually the secretary for the Archdiocese of Allentown. So what does that job entail? Sure. So the secretary for that position in the Diocese of Allentown included education, evangelization, and formation. And that really was a wonderful opportunity for me to work collaboratively on both the parish side as well as the school side. And it was really K-12. And so I had the chance to not only look at uh, our business structure as well as engagement, but also missionary discipleship and how are we reaching people uh, in the pews as well as in our schools. And so with an amazing team, we really began to learn how to meet people where they were and to minister to their hearts so that we gently could walk and accompany them so that they could grow in their faith and their personal relationship with Christ. So it was just really an amazing integral part of my own formation as well as understanding the business attributes of working within the Catholic Church and the ministry coming together. So it was it was an amazing experience. That sounds really good. And how did your role as secretary prepare you for your role as superintendent for Archdiocese of Philadelphia? Well, as I mentioned with some of the responsibilities that I held in that role, I really believe it did prepare me in that taking on our 15 high schools, our three schools for special education, I understand the intricacies of working collaboratively with the community and really understanding our, not only our business model, but what we need to be doing within the school. So understanding not only academic excellence, the beauty of how extracurricular brings our community together, but really how do we minister to young people in meeting our young men and women where they are um, in this new world around us where there's some confusion and where church teaching um, aligns within this 
community. Yeah. And um, so I believe that really prepared me to come down into Philadelphia and take on this challenge at a grander scale. Um, and quite honestly, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So um, regardless of what system we're in, whether it's the Diocese of Allentown, the Diocese of Harrisburg, um, Erie, Pittsburgh, um, and now in Philadelphia, we really have the same mission. And our mission is the salvation of souls. And it's just beautiful honor to be able to serve our Lord in this capacity. So as a senior operational leader responsible for serving the needs of approximately 20,000 students, how did you manage such a large and complex organization of needs among a diverse group of people? With my team. There is no way one person can um, really accomplish the goals necessary for um, instituting uh, change in an environment um, in which we're in. So I had a dynamic team around me. I was in a position where I was able to build my team. So I had to really take a look at myself and see what my gifts were and what my strengths were and then surround myself with people that had different gifts and strengths so that we could complement one another and ultimately make sure that we had all areas of need covered. So that included ministry, finance, enrollment, marketing, uh, educational components, government programs, understanding how our role in the Catholic Church uh, impacts from the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference and really in the world around us. So I really surrounded myself with amazing people. So I could not do it without them. So speaking of your team, can you share with us some some of your greatest biggest some of your greatest challenges you faced as a secretary and how you overcame them? Sure. So the challenges I think each day is to you have your plan and then God has his plan. <laughs> <laughs> and really understanding that and being able to embrace that. Um, that was probably the greatest challenge is understanding and learning surrender to his will and allowing that to guide you. Um, in a concrete way, uh, some of the challenges I faced were recognizing um, we didn't have people in pews, we didn't have students enrolling, so we were in a really tough situation financially, and we wanted to not only be fiscally healthy, but we really wanted to impact people. And so that was a challenge in coming together to look strategically at what we were doing and the face of the church, what it is today in 2000 at that time in 2021, 22, now 23, and um, being able to meet people where they are today versus where we were, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, but not losing that beautiful tradition and how to bridge that. So that was a challenge, um, and we recognized it, we put it on the table, and we were able to talk about it. So one of the things with my team that I really led with is that nothing could be kept as you know, um, something that was not a topic that could be talked about. We had to make sure that we were very open and honest about everything. So we put it on the table, and whether we knew an answer about it or not, we had to acknowledge that it existed so that at least we could start working towards a solution. And do you think that the way you overcame or tried to strive to overcome this challenge helped strengthen your relationship with God? Absolutely. It, every day, my day begins with prayer, and um, I very concretely, you know, share with him what perhaps my plans are and um, invite him to show me what his plans are for the day. So those challenges um, can be very daunting in understanding 
the gift and the the love that I want to share is a reflection of him and getting people to move closer to him um, sometimes takes a really long time. So that can be um, quite a challenge. And so coming closer to him to understand the pace in which he <laughs> is going to move people um, and how he's moving my heart to um, rely on him more and more every day um, was really a beautiful um, gift in the process. And in order to overcome these challenges, I'm sure you had to work with different teachers, administrators, and stakeholders ultimately that overcome this issue. So how do you plan to use your experience from working with these diverse group of people as your role as superintendent today? Sure. So for me, one of the things that I recognize is that I lead with my heart. And in leading with your heart, um, you really are able to show people who you are, um, be very open, honest, and vulnerable, and cultivate relationships. Because that's what this is all about, is relationships. Relationships with one another, whether it's with donors, with teachers, with administrators, with students like yourselves, um, and ultimately with Jesus Christ, that relationship needs to happen from a place of love. And that's who I am and how he, he uh, gifted me um, with those graces through the Holy Spirit. So um, for me, it's just um, sometimes surreal <laughs> in looking at the experiences that I've had um, in my life and where they've led me. And I look back and I giggle and I think, he is so brilliant. <laughs> His plan is just amazing and have had a lot of aha moments or God moments in my life that definitely I know he's working. If you don't mind me asking, in your opinion, what are some of the most pressing issues facing Catholic secondary schools in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia today, and how do you plan on addressing them? Well, one of the areas that I'm in the process of right now is gathering that information. So I've spent the first month, and now I'll spend my second month out visiting all of our schools. And one of the things that I've observed in being able to visit over half of them at this point is they are each very unique in their culture, in the way that they're ministering and serving the community in which they are actually located. So that's something that has stood out to me is how beautifully unique each school is. I would say one of the challenges that also stands out to me is you know, the needs of our students, the needs of our faculty have changed. We need to look at the heart. <laughs> um, we have been through a very difficult time, very traumatic time with COVID in some cases, and that's really impacted us uh, socially, emotionally, uh, behaviorally, how we were in a shutdown, you know, across the Commonwealth for a period of time, but how school still continued and the stress of learning so much technology so fast to be able to respond and make sure that we were here for you um, as students and also for one another was definitely interesting. So I see the impact of that throughout our schools in being able to minister to people so that we can continue to heal. Another area with that is the needs and the learning styles of our students have changed and uh, making sure that our faculty feel supported and also have the resources to be able to serve our students as their needs have changed as well. So I really want to look at a comprehensive approach for meeting the heart, the academics, as well as how do we engage people and invite families to be participatory in that. Uh, so there are things that are 
you know, really coming to the surface that are commonalities across the schools, despite the beautiful, beautiful, unique components of each school. And do you have a plan to ensure that Catholic values and teachings are integrated into the curriculum and daily life in secondary schools under your leadership? Absolutely. I would say I don't have a definitive step-by-step plan at this point, but I will say that is my priority. That's why I'm here. Um, I mentioned it earlier. Ultimately, we are here in Catholic schools for the salvation of souls. We're here to know who Jesus Christ is, to be able to experience his love, not just um, necessarily plant seeds and learn the teachings, which is wonderful, and we need to know that, but we need to start experiencing it. And so for me, that's my priority. And how to get there, I will create that with my team. As I mentioned before, it's not a one-person opportunity to plan things. You really have to work together. So I'll work with my team uh, within the Office of Catholic Education. I'll also work with administration. I'll work with faculty. I'll work with students because together we all need to have a voice in how do we move forward to make sure that we can not only um, have the missionary discipleship be alive and well, but how do we grow it? And that is what's super exciting for me is the opportunity to create that vision for the future with everyone. So I just want to harbor upon something that you mentioned. You mentioned that you have to meet the needs of like students and children around your diocese. For example, the technology for administrators during COVID So can you speak to your experience in promoting diversity, equality, and inclusion in your previous role, and how do you plan to continue your work as a new role in superintendent? Sure. So diversity and inclusion are part of what makes us so beautiful, and um, we really do serve in our our church um, such a diverse community. Um, So we really have to not only um, learn about the different cultures, racial components, um, but also the specific needs of those areas. So one of the initiatives I was involved with in the Diocese of Allentown to really dive in deeper was the Latino enrollment initiative. So we, in that particular region, were seeing um, an increase of Latino families and students, and we had to recognize that we didn't necessarily know how to best serve. So we had to learn, and so together We invited um, the Latino community to come to the table, help us understand what we're not doing, help us what we can do better. And then we also worked in a collaborative partnership with a Catholic university, Notre Dame, and uh, used their best practices. And so we started working with parishes and schools to institute those in a partnership with our Latino community. And we saw enrollment and parish participation just increase. So here, we have even more diversity, which is just so beautiful for me. And um, we will have to take a look at that. And how are we currently serving? Um, Where are bright spots for us? And then where are the opportunities? And so that's what I'm doing right now is gathering all of that information so that together we can create a plan so that we're always moving forward, always looking to improve. Um, And we have to realize that there are some deep-seated bias that come with people sometimes, and we have to acknowledge that um, but lead with love so that ultimately we're all working towards um, the greater good of our faith community. So you mentioned that you have to lead with love. Can you just give some examples of how you lead as love and how 
that God strengthened your, your love within him and how you can work with other people with that love? Sure. So I think by leading with love is really accepting people where they are, um, but staying true and solid to understanding what church teaching is. So in understanding what church teaching is and understanding where someone may be on their journey, I can accompany them. Um, and I accompany them with an open heart, um, full of compassion, um, and a great deal of understanding to their perspective, their experience is their reality. And with that, that helps me to understand perhaps how I can best serve them and walk with them. Um, and so that love really is letting down my own biases and prayerfully going into meetings with people or planning sessions where I leave that at the door and invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide us so that we can move forward together. And what is your goal and vision for the future of Catholic education, and how do you plan to achieve it? So my goal and vision ultimately is to grow Catholic education and to grow our Catholic faith community at large. You know, I believe that our Catholic schools are an amazing instrument um, given to us uh, here in the Archdiocese as the first Catholic schools in the nation. Um, we have a great responsibility in making sure that we continue to um, look at areas to improve. And my vision ultimately is in 25 years from now, we're not only thriving and bursting at the seams with the schools that we have, but we've opened schools. We've been innovative and looked outside of um, perhaps what's currently here and we see where the needs are and that we've responded to them in unique I did have an opportunity to do that in the Diocese of Allentown. And one of the needs we had in that particular area was we had a really high rates of drug and alcohol abuse. And unfortunately, it was really impacting our youth. And um, as a result of that, we together with our donors, our community members, our teachers, our faculty, our students, we created a, a, a school so that we could work with young people who wanted to not only embrace and recognize that they were struggling with addiction, but they wanted recovery, and they did not want to live their life that way. So we built an environment in which they could fully recover, and we could support them through that process. And there's a lot that goes into that, um, but it was a need, and so we responded to it. So I'm looking forward to learning perhaps what we need here in the archdiocese and then building something to respond to that. So I always... Um, prayerfully look to see what the Holy Spirit is guiding and showing me um, where the needs are so that we can fill that gap with a solution. And would you say that the Holy Spirit was your inspiration to pursue your career in Catholic education? And is that what keeps you motivated? Absolutely. The answer is yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, my journey has been very interesting, as I mentioned. So I have um, my own personal educational experiences. I uh, started in special education and uh, went into teaching uh, as a special education teacher and administration in the public school setting for a number of years. So I've had the, the blessing to see all sides of education, but ultimately something was missing for me. So my faith and my personal relationship with Christ has, was always there, but in a, that particular environment, it was in essence, had to be very quiet. And so I gently still led with love and tried to shine light as Christ would into situations. 
but I wasn't able to openly share about my faith within my um, work environment. And so I was in different opportunities, urban, suburban, rural, and just felt this longing and was this searching. And I will say, when I was working on my dissertation, I was going to daily mass. And um, while I was in daily mass, asked God, what do you want from me? (laughs) And um, because he knew, and I shared with him, that I love what I do. I love serving the children and those around me. But I feel a void, and I feel I don't know what you're preparing me for, but please guide me. And um, one of the days after um, daily mass, I came home, and I was inspired to look on to the Diocese of Allentown website, and they had a position posted. And in my experience, I had never considered Catholic education professionally before um, because that just wasn't what I was taught Um in my undergraduate or even my master's degree, it was really always focused on public education, public school law. Um, And when I saw that there was an opportunity within the Catholic school, I looked up and kind of smiled and thought, okay, this is where I need to go now. And coming into the Catholic school uh, environment really was where I first understood what vocation meant where I was able to take my personal relationship with Christ and my faith and infuse that with everything that I had studied and all of the professional experience I had, and it became one. So I now had this vocation and moving forward, and it's just been a pure joy ever since. So your role as superintendent, it does have a lot of administrative responsibility. So how do you balance your responsibility of your role with your passion for educating and serving others? The administrative role and my passion, they're always side by side to me. Um, I don't ever separate them um, because administratively, my to-do list, (laughs) uh, I do all of those um, tasks um, for the greater good. So they're they're never really separate to me. So in balancing them, um, it's a matter of I know that when I complete the administrative tasks, ultimately that's going to lead us towards the nuts and bolts of what we need to inspire within one another um, in our faith community. And I, again, have a great team. So we have amazing expertise on our team. And so I'm not doing it all. (laughs) I have people around me who have different gifts and strengths that can assist with all of those administrative areas. And ultimately, together, we prioritize uh, what we need to to serve our administrators, our teachers, and you and your families, and uh, we, we go and do that, um, you know, with joy, uh, shedding light into all the areas of our work. You know, whether I'm writing up a report um, as a summary, you know, that's an opportunity for me to shine light. So I always look at every task is how can I shine light? How can I lean love into this? And um, so it just helps me always enjoy staying busy um, and uh, being able to minister is just a true honor. That's amazing. And I also want to mention that you brought up that you've created a school to help students that were struggling with addiction. So how long does that process take? So in that particular instance, I will say, um, as it was truly inspired um, from my experience within education and recognizing a need, and then coming into a Catholic 
school environment where we understood how faith played so inter, inter, integrated into recovery, um, it actually went really fast. <laughs> uh, I brought the um, concept to um, our bishop and... He was 100% supportive. I put together a business plan. My board was 100% supportive. And I went to donors and shared this vision. And they were 100% supportive um, to the point where they were able to give us initial money to be able to begin this um, school hiring of key um, stakeholders. And it was a ministry that served you know, um, a very small niche, unique population, and it will evolve, you know, as time goes on. It served um, in its capacity at a really key time um, in that community where things were really, um, unfortunately, um, statistically, we were in a really bad place. Um, Things at the state level, because we had partnerships with um, the Pennsylvania Drug and Alcohol. We also had um, partnerships out of Washington, um, drug uh, offices. Things have begun to help reach people better. So now it's time for that mission to take on a different form. Um, and so we continuously evolve. But it actually happened really fast. God's hand was in it. Every barrier or potential challenge you would have thought we would have encountered just melted away. Um, and it was really fun, and that's we we got the terminology God moment because there were many many God moments as we were creating that school and as we were uh, beginning that journey. So it was it 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 was no doubt um, not of our doing, definitely of His. If you don't mind, can you just share one of these God mo- moments with us? Sure. So um, one of the experiences we had was. When you think of um, addiction and recovery, um, there's a stereotype. I mean, if you remember, I just mentioned bias. People come with a bias. So they yeah. come with, there's going to be drugs. They're, they're druggies. They're bad people. And um, where it was going to be located, there was significant concern in the community. So much so that they were posting signs you know, to stop the school from coming because yeah. they didn't understand um, what we were doing. So... Together as a team, we recognized that we needed to communicate and we needed to collaborate with the community, uh, which, as you see, is a theme, (laughs) working (laughs) together. So what we did was we called a town hall meeting, and we worked um, with the local township supervisor. And here is one of the God moments um, was when I worked with the local township um, supervisor. He shared that his son was in recovery. And so he... Was, became one of our greatest supporters um, in looking at the location and looking at where we were coming. And then he also helped provide all of the uh, resources we needed to be able to do a widespread invitation. So we were able to access uh, through social media as well as through direct mail to invite people in. When they came in, they were defensive. They were scared. And as soon as we started to speak about what was our vision and why we wanted to come together to serve these young people, um, we were able to talk. There were people within that crowd that were also, um, in essence, surviving because they had lost a child to an overdose. 
And so we had people standing up and saying, we had a gentleman stand up and say, you know, I lost my son to an overdose. If this school would have been here, he would still be alive. We had another woman stand up and say, I've had my son in rehab 25 times. If this school would have been here, I would not have to have a second mortgage on my house and potentially be in the financial debt that I'm in. Um, another woman stood up and said, I lost my son to an overdose. So they were God moments where the community just, you felt the room shift. You could feel the entire spirit and love. His presence entered the room and people's hearts opened up and then they started volunteering. When can we come over? We would like to read to the students. We'd like to bring over lunches. How can we help? Um, and so they were examples of God moments between the supervisor, the way the town hall meeting went. Um, it, it just God's hand was in all of the work because it truly was a new ministry um, for us, but also not new in what the Catholic Church already does because we do minister through our Catholic social services to people of need um, when they're struggling and need counseling services or have been through um, difficult times with addiction and need support for recovery. So it's not necessarily new, but it was new to hit the youth. Um, so it was it was an honor to be a part of that. Thank you for sharing that. And what are some challenges that Catholic schools today are fa are facing today, and how do you plan? How do you and your team plan on addressing them? So I would say Catholic schools today are really faced with the challenge of we are countercultural, and that our teaching and the way in which we lead ourselves and our families um, is is not acceptable by the broader um, culture around us. So that's a challenge um, in not compromising who we are um, in order to serve the greater good. Um, so that's that's interesting in that um, there are many non-Catholics within our Catholic schools. Yet we have to stay true to who we are. I was talking to someone last night, and uh, they shared with me, um, not in our system and not in Allentown, actually in a actually a different state, um, that someone um, had said, "Well, we should be less Catholic because then we'll get more students." And we both were shaking our heads, and then we went, we talked about it, and then we um, we shared in prayer about it. Um, that even though we have an opportunity to serve so many different people, many non-Catholics, um, we cannot um, and will not sacrifice or um, compromise who we are, what we believe. Uh, but that also doesn't prevent us from meeting people where they are yes. <laughs> and coming in and being able to learn about our beautiful faith and about the teaching and about who Jesus is um, and invite them into a loving environment um, where they can um, look and reap the benefits of the quality education they're receiving, and quite honestly, then their hearts can be moved um, in some beautiful ways. So I believe that's a huge challenge for us, um, being countercultural and making sure that we do not compromise who we are as we are still trying to sh serve the greater good. Now, one of these schools that you do overlook is actually Roman Catholic. And I understand that you were at the Roman Catholic game in the PCL championship at the Palestra. So how did you feel about the energy that you saw on that day? That was 
amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I had so much fun. Um, We had the girls game and then we had the boys game. And I was asked and honored to lead the boys game in prayer. And it was just standing center court and um, taking in all of the surroundings. And at that point, all of the the joy that was being shared, um, which was quite loud, and then everyone settled and really came into prayer together um, was so moving. Um, And then we were able to start the game. (laughs) And as we started the game, it was just incredible. It was incredible to watch the student section, um, the alumni that were there, the community members, the family members. It was just an incredible experience. Um, I'm so proud of our Catholic schools, and uh, we have incredible programs and opportunities. Athletics is just uh, really brings the community together, um, and there's many other clubs and um, ways in which our students can be involved. The Palestra was just a really unique, <laughs> unique day. Um, and actually, ironically, I had been at the Palestra when I was in high school, um, so our uh, basketball team had made it and I was a cheerleader and um, gymnast at the time and so I was actually able to perform at the palestra when I was in high school so I had a little flashback while <laughs> I was standing center court because um, I had been center court um, in when I was in high school as well so um, again life has come full circle God's God's work in, in his hand in my life has just been amazing. Were you expecting all that energy? when you went to the palestra? I was expecting it to be loud, but I was not expecting the joy <laughs> and energy to be at that level. Um, I don't know if you would have had one of those scales where you could measure the volume in the room. I, I don't know what it would have hit on that particular chart, but um, it was it was pretty incredible. So how is, Ro- so how is, Roman, how is Roman different from the other schools that you visited? Well, I would say as being a school for all boys, that definitely is unique. Uh, Your history is really rich, and you have legacy here that is also very unique. Uh, Walking through the halls, the architecture, the actual artwork uh, is very beautiful um, and stands out in many ways. Uh, In the Diocese of Allentown, there were not schools for all boys or all girls. They were all co-ed. Uh, so for me, coming in and learning about our um, boys' schools as well as our girls' schools, there's something really beautiful um, about that and um, learning that. And being here at Roman and when I was here on my school visit, I had an opportunity to meet with staff, faculty, students, and our administration. And it's just so rich. Um, the young men, yourselves included, um, who I had a chance to speak with, your connection and your um, brotherhood um, really comes through powerfully. Um, and it's so centered in Christ and loving and supporting one another in all of the unique ways in which you all are gifted um, is just really powerful. Um, and I have been really impressed um, with our schools that serve um, all boys and all girls. And Roman is just um, by far beautiful. Uh, It's center city. You serve multiple people that um, come in from all different areas. Uh, So the diversity, we talked about diversity earlier. 
yet when you come together, um, you're all one. That is special. Speaking of brotherhood, do you believe that the community and students at Roman Catholic High School live up to our model, Brothers for Life? I would say what I have experienced thus far, yes. That's been demonstrated to me. Um, and I hope to come back next year, the following year, and for the next 20 years that I get to serve in this role <laughs> and uh, to see that even more vibrantly. Um, so the snapshots that I've had, I absolutely see um, you're living what you say you're going to live. So, Doctor, I want to thank you very much for coming on today's podcast. My name is Michael Juridas. And I'm Jason Chow. And this was another episode of the Roman Arena Podcast. You've been listening to the Roman Arena Podcast, produced by the students of Roman Catholic High School in Philadelphia, the oldest diocesan high school in the United States. Be sure to subscribe to get new, fresh episodes and follow on social media for more. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time on the Roman Arena Podcast.